Uh, guys, I was thinking about uh, Thanksgiving uh, this year, and this is not what we expected to be doing, right? Um, just even as, as a church, we did not expect to be doing this right here. Uh, we expected to be sitting around round tables and having a meal together and experiencing that, uh, uh, this idea of eating together and thanking God together around the table. And that just isn't what the cards um, uh, showed us. This, um, that's not right. We should not say that. That's not right. We don't believe in the whole card stuff. Um, that's not what God had, God had in store for us. Again, hey, I'm Anthony. I'll be talking to you today. Um, and and so, co- so COVID has just really kind of entered in and done a lot for us this year and, and, and changing the way that we do things, right? And so thinking about Thanksgiving, there's a lot of you that are thinking uh, in, in your house, like, what are we supposed to do? Um, are, are, can we go to grandma's house? Can we, can we go to um, my parents' house? Can we go out of state? Can we have people over? Um, can, can I, do I get a seat at the table? Um, b- because like, that's what we normally do. We spend Thanksgiving together. Um, we, we eat at each other's tables. We have a seat there. And this year, we're asking ourselves, and, and, and rightly so in different ways, we're asking ourselves, like, do we actually have a seat at somebody else's table? Or do we have a seat for somebody else at our table? And it made me think about really one of my favorite stories uh, in Scripture. Uh, I shared this a, a few years ago, but it, I think it's really prevalent right now when we ask this idea, do we have a seat at the table? Uh, in, in 2 Samuel chapter 9, uh, and actually in a few chapters earlier than that, but in, in chapter 9, um, there's a story about um, this kid named Mephibosheth. Anybody familiar with Mephibosheth? He was the son of Jonathan. Uh, Jonathan loved him. Uh, David loved Jonathan. It was uh, David's best friend. Um, and Jonathan and, and King Saul were in the palace, and they were running things. They were ruling everything. And, and, and then uh, they, they died. They died in battle, and David then becomes king as God had uh, um, already uh, anointed him as the next king. And so as he's uh, becoming king, what tends to happen in, in, uh, in, in monarchies is that you leave no trace, right? That everybody um, who's of the lineage uh, before you, if you come into the throne, you make sure that there's nobody left. And so most kings would go and they would just, they would make sure all the family uh, line is dead, gone, not, no threat to the throne. Um, but there was a time where David was, was sitting around and because he loved Jonathan so much, like this, this was his best friend, he said, is there anybody left of King Saul's house that I can show kindness to because of my friendship with Jonathan, because I loved him so much? And, and somebody said, hey, yes, there, there's this kid named Mephibosheth. Now, Mephibosheth, he was this, this uh, he was, again, he was Jonathan's son. And uh, when King Saul had died and Jonathan had died and the, the messengers had come back to the palace and said, hey, they're no longer living. Mephibosheth was there and the, the servant grabbed the boy and took off running with him. But what happened was he trips, he falls, and then something happens with his legs. He, he becomes handicapped. He becomes crippled, as scripture says. And then he's no longer to do the things that he would normally be able to do as, as a young boy who's growing into manhood. And so his life is in jeopardy, not only because he can't walk around, but his life is in jeopardy because every single day of his life, he's wondering, is somebody from David's line going to come and kill me? And so they kept him in hiding. And so the fact that he shows up and and says, hey, uh, I'm here, or somebody says, hey, Mephibosheth is over here, is a big deal. And so David, instead of killing him off, he says, hey, go get him and bring him to my table. Go get him. I have a seat at my table for him. He doesn't belong here, 
for all kinds of different reasons, but I want them at my table. And so Mephibosheth comes and says, who am I to be at your table? And he says, because of my love for your father and because of my love for the Lord, here, here's where we are. You have a seat at my table. And so for the rest of his life, he never had to worry about somebody coming and taking his life. He never had to worry about what he was going to eat if he had a seat at anybody's table. He had a seat at the king's table. And as I was thinking about that story uh, th- this week, I thought, you know what? That's exactly who we are. We, we are. we are people who did not have a seat at the table. But because of Christ and what Christ has done for us, he's offered us a seat at his table. And so this year we're thinking through Thanksgiving and we're thinking through, you know, uh, do I have a seat at my family's table? Do I offer a seat at somebody else's table? I, I want you to know that regardless if you make it into somebody else's door, if you get to sit at their table, I want you to know that if you're in Christ, he has given you the best seat at the table that you could ever imagine. You get to sit with him at his table, not just now, but into all of eternity. I know that doesn't help with like figuring out where am I going to eat turkey this year. <laughs> it doesn't help with, you know, am I going to get to eat grandma's mashed potatoes kind of stuff. But I think on an eternal perspective in a year that just feels like it's wonky and, and everything else is crazy that we can give thanks because we do have a seat at his table. Because he has done a miraculous work to bring us there. And so what we want to do in this year that's just incredibly crazy, we, 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 wanted, we, really, we wanted to spend time, although it's not what we had expected, we want to take this gift of grace that God has given us to spend time together and to give him thanks. And so we're going to do something uh, that maybe feels a little bit uncomfortable for you. Um, we're, we're, going to, we're going to stand up. We're going to give testimonies. We're going to share about in this year that's been crazy what God has been doing because there's a silver lining around, around everything here, okay? That, I mean, this thing is real and we're taking it serious. But the Lord is still at work. He's still on his throne and he's still giving people seats at the table, right? And so uh, we're going to open it up in just a little bit. Or I'm going to sh- we're going to show a video uh, of our first testimony. Uh, and then there's an open mic that's right here. And guys, it's going to get real awkward for a minute when this video goes off, okay? Um, but this, this mic here is, is waiting for the first person, like the first person who stands up here. You're going to warm that thing up, right? And then everybody else is going to share. And what happens when we share our testimony, what God's doing, even as we share about how he's worked in the midst of hard times, or we don't have to come up with a sob story if we don't have a sob story, right? We're just saying, man, God's been good through this. It, it, and what happens is as you share your testimony of God's goodness in your life, that encourages the brother or sister who might be on this side of the room or who might be watching this at home and, and, and who's hearing this at home. It might encourage them to, no matter what they're walking through right now, they might know, you know what? There is a God on the throne. There is a God who cares. And if he's working in her life or he's working in his life, he can sure work in mine too. Your gift of grace infuses hope in somebody else's life. So this mic is going to be here. You don't have to get uber close to it. You can stay COVID friendly on it, right? We're going to have it turned up there in the back. And listen, if you're at home and you, ha- and you want to share a testimony too, like we want to hear from you. Uh, and so uh, on the live stream there, you can just type in uh, what God's been doing. And um, if we have time, we'll be able to throw that in here too, okay? Um, so share what God's doing there as well. And so uh, the first video is going to be uh, Kay and Ron. And Kay and Ron have been instrumental in uh, God doing concrete work um, all throughout our community. And we had no idea what God was going to do with this concrete work, but he's been up to something cool throughout the whole time. Good morning, everybody. I am here with a very special couple. And rather than introduce them myself, I want you guys to get to know them through them. So I'm just going to ask you two, who are you? I'm Kay. And I'm Ron Blinko. We had lived 20 years in Springfield, Missouri, 
And uh, as we approached retirement, we decided we wanted to come back home. And Nebraska was our home. Uh, we had a daughter that had Emily that was working in Omaha. And our son, who moved with us, found a job in Lincoln. So we started looking at Ashland. We, we, we think it was a wonderful choice, and we've been yeah. nothing but totally pleased ever since uh, 2017 when yeah. we uh, were fortunate enough to, to find some property. And how did you guys find Riverview? So we attended, actually I attended the first Sunday on my own because Ron was deer hunting, and I, I just really enjoyed it. I, it felt like home, and... Uh, the people were friendly, and, and it was it was really the first church that we went to a service for, and didn't need to look any further. For people that don't know, Ron and Kay are incredible servants, um, and they have given hours and hours and hours to Riverview and the community of Ashland. And so, I just wanted to ask, where does your heart for service come from? When I became a Christian um, thirty-two years ago. I listened to a, a radio broadcast and it was talking about Christ the servant and it just spoke to my heart and I prayed all the time we were in Missouri that I could be a servant, that I could help people. I've always just have prayed that God would provide opportunities where I could serve and he was faithful here. You know, I think I knew that once I retired I didn't want to just sit around and do nothing. And, you know, when I have free time, I, I just as soon be helping somebody with something if I have the skill or knowledge to do it. Um, and there are some things I'm kind of handy about. So I'm always looking for if there's somebody, a neighbor or somebody that I know that needs something that I could help with. And so when Michelle got the idea to, to do the sidewalk project, that just kind of fell right into the giftings that you guys have and the, the servant hearts that you have. So why don't you tell us all a little bit about your connection to the, to the sidewalk project? It started with Helen, and we chose to help Helen with her sidewalk. And from there, um, I just knew there was a need. And so, you know, with Michelle and, and the rest of the group, um, and Ron's knowledge, it was just easy. When, when we started hearing about how expensive it was going to be for the average homeowner in town, we, we started thinking, it's like, it, it's, it's a huge cost. And it blew me away how, how high the bids were for a lot of people we were hearing about. It's mm -hmm. like, there's got to be some way that, that these people can get some help and can, can we help? So I think it was Kay's idea that she said, you know, why, there's got to be other people in Ashland. One way or another, they're going to have to pay for it. And if somebody can't help them do it, they're going to have to pay the full cost of it, which is cost prohibitive for some mm -hmm. of these people. It would take them years probably to pay that debt off. I think it was Kay reached out to Michelle that, hey, can there be a part of the ministry of RCC that can we can put a program together to, to reach out and... Uh, help some needy people. So. so beyond just laying a whole bunch of concrete, how have you seen God work through the sidewalk project? Well, it's just been wonderful to hear the stories of the people that we've been able to put sidewalks in for. You know, it, it's wonderful to be able to connect with these people on a, a personal level and just to hear their stories. And in addition to the neighbor, 
to the people that we helped. It was wonderful meeting people's neighbors. Chat with us, but meeting other people at church that we hadn't met, uh, a lot of the younger people, because yeah. we were calling on some youth to come help us because they're, they're younger and they got stronger backs than, than most of us. I remember the very first day that we did most of the work, there must have been 30 people mm -hmm. helping out on three or four different locations all at the same time. So it was a big number of people. But uh, so I got to meet some, some new people that I hadn't met before and working right, right alongside of them and, and sweating and grunting with the best of them. Yeah. And just from my perspective, um, one of the things that I appreciated the most about the two of you was that, okay, you were a shepherd to the people that we were working with to the neighbors of the people that we were working with. And it, you were never too busy to stop and have a conversation and to really build into the people that we were working with. And I'm just so thankful that, that the work that we did was bigger than, again, just laying concrete. And Ron, you were the guy who made sure that every single person, every single one of the 30 people that, that worked with us knew how valuable they were to the job that we did. And every single person, um, was made special. They felt special because because of you. And I just I'm just so thankful for the two of you and for the way that you made um, our church family better um, through an example and through um, encouraging our people. And then obviously the community of Ashland has been so blessed. Um, so thank you for for loving Jesus and for loving people and following the model of Jesus. Our you know our servant leader. Um, so thank you guys so much. It's been it's been great. Yeah. Well, thank you guys so much. You're welcome. You're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the blink owls have have been amazing, and this this isn't just like prop up the blink owl time. Uh, but last night um, we were um, sitting at home, and we were cleaning out our kids' uh, closets and their rooms. And if you've got little kids at the house, or you remember having little kids at the house, like that's that's a chore, man. Like well, there was stuff everywhere. And so as I'm helping, I'm like, Lord, send me help. Give me a break. Do something. And uh, about that time, like, Kay and Ron show up at my house. And they didn't show up to clean out my kids' closets or anything, uh, but they knocked on the door. And, and, and here, here's uh, something that I'm incredibly thankful for. O over the, um, the past couple of weeks, like, it's been crazy windy, right? And so parts of my house blew off, uh, off the side. And, and so y'all know that I'm in I'm deathly afraid of heights. Like, I don't know what's going on, but I'm afraid of heights. And so this was on the peak of my house. I'm like, I'm not getting up there. Like, the, the roof could cave in, and, like, that's going to be okay because I'm not getting up there. Um, but Ron and Kay, they showed up at my house yesterday and scaled a ladder to go up and put pieces of my house back on. So I am incredibly uh, thankful for them uh, this Thanksgiving. Um, I want to read real quick. Uh, Corey Johnson uh, sent in a... Um, just a, a, thing, a thanks, uh, Thanksgiving here. She, if you guys know Corey and Josh, uh, Josh uh, lost his mom, Sue, uh, this year. And uh, so Corey, her mother-in-law, and here's what she said. She said, my family's so thankful that God is constantly faithful. He's been there for us this year as we've gone through many trials, yet God still shows us daily that he's taking care of our family. And so they're thankful that he just is, is faithful and he keeps showing up. So um, the mic is open. And so somebody, please be the first one to, to share your testimony of what God's doing, okay? Oh, Bert, God bless you. Hi, I'm Bert Willard, and uh, <clears throat> I'm somebody who has a hard time sitting still and listening 
to God when he's speaking to me uh, because, you know, I'm so busy. <clears throat> and I have been dealing with mental health for probably 25 years, and it's been something that I thought I had a real handle on that I've dealt with. That, you know, I take medication now, but, like, <clears throat> issues from, you know, stuff that I thought that I've taken care of. Well, in the pandemic, then it came up with Tony wanting to do Not a Fan. And, you know, we were all social distance, and I started doing this, and uh, <clears throat> a lot of my childhood stuff started coming up. And I was getting really emotional, spending a lot of time by myself at home, um, a lot of uh, dealing with a lot of junk from when I was a child. And that, you know, I thought that 40 years I've gotten over it. Um, well, then I reached out, and I'm not usually somebody who tries to show weakness. You know, I'm, I feel like I'm a pretty strong person. And, and I reached out to Tony and Anthony, and I said, well, you know, I really need some help dealing with some stuff that's coming up. You know, I'm very emotional, um, as I am right now. <laughs> um, but it's just, I felt a really strong need to get to know Jesus more that I, I uh, but I felt like I couldn't get any of that because all this junk was like right here. Um, so I reached out to them and I asked them for help. Well, Michelle started doing this soul healing and um, it has become a blessing in disguise for me. It's extremely painful and hard um, dealing with childhood issues and, you know, and, and issues from being an adult and stuff that you really thought, you know, I worked through. Um, but it's really been bringing up that stuff. And because of the pandemic and because of life kind of slowing down, I've been able to deal with these things and really been able to deal with my mental health that I thought that I was over, that I thought I had under control, um, and come to find out that I had stuff in my life from when I was a child that was really wreaking havoc on my life now. And, and I really didn't see any of that because I, I was too busy, you know? and. Um, because of reaching out to these individuals and getting the right guidance and really just letting go and, and praying for some healing, um, I've been able to walk through some of this with some pretty amazing people. And I'm starting to get on the other side and um, it's, it's still really hard but it's so worth it. And I don't feel like I would have gone through any of this if life would have just kept going the way it was. Because, you know, I, I, I just like everybody else, you know, I work, I got kids, I got a family, you know, and, and I never slowed down long enough to listen to Jesus telling me, you know, I, I have so much more for you. You are worth so much. You know, but you just need to stop and listen. And I finally stopped and listened. And 
So here I am. So, you know, I, I mean, it, and I mean, just up until a couple weeks ago, you know, it really, um, my bipolar mental illness really spiraled. And I've never uh, been that scared for a really long time. Um, but I had the right people in place for when I started going through it, that it was okay. And um, I just wanna, you know, I just want people to know that even though I might look like I have it all together, I definitely don't. <laughs> I am a hot mess, but I needed to slow down and listen to Jesus, which I wouldn't have done if it wasn't for this happening. So God is good, God is faithful, and God's going to take care of me just like he takes care of you. All right. I'm Amy, for those of you who don't know me. Um, and I feel like this season in our lives, I've learned, let's reiterate that God's plan is better than mine. Um, <laughs> so just some background. I'm still in school, and I had two jobs lined up for the summer. I was really excited. There were different opportunities. Um, and then COVID hit and both of those fell through, which is okay. I mean, that's fine. Um, and then Jake and I, my husband, got married a little over a year ago. And we're like, you know, eventually someday we're going to move to Ashland. Really, like, we like it here. Um, but then COVID hit and we're like, you know what? We were going to go on a family trip and we had saved up a bunch of money. And God provided for us and we were able to buy a house here in town and get connected with everyone in that way. So that's been amazing. And I ended up doing a summer clinical where I met a lot of super cool people and I was able to volunteer and I'm still volunteering um, with people facing evictions and stuff like that all summer. And it's just been crazy to look back and be like, I had this plan where I was going to go make money and work how I wanted to. And God's like, you need to volunteer. You love people. And I was like, we're going to save all this money and live in our apartment. And God was like, no, you need to go get connected in a place and really be able to have deep connections and relationship with people. So I don't know, I just felt like God has been able to provide for us in a way that's been different than I thought, but obviously much better. So that's all. How close to it? Okay. Hi, I'm Jess. Um, hi, good to see you. Um, I live in California right now. I grew up here, went to church here, everything. Um, but now I am working with Youth with a Mission in Reading. Um, they are like a missions organization, and so we train people and send them out. Um, and so I also had a lot of plans for this year, um, a lot to like go overseas, different places, and to run a lot of schools and to train people to do things. And then COVID shut that down right away. And since we were in California, we were actually, um, all of our base was like, we had to move our offices into our houses. And so we were stuck in our houses doing work for three and a half months, like a house with 10 people who have very different views on life for <laughs> that long. Um, and so because all of that, and because it became like a it, was, it wasn't like a high stress, but it was a little bit of a stressful situation. Um, through that, the Lord just kind of like brought up all these things in my heart that shouldn't be there. And it was really, it stunk. 
it stunk, but it was really good to like have those revealed and to get those dealt with. And at the same time, he was dealing with like all of my heart issues. He started like revealing his plan for my life. And like, this is why I called you to YOM. This is why like you have this desire to go to these places, like to go overseas. This is like why, like he started like revealing kind of like the roadmap. And I'm so thankful for that. Cause I just kind of like, joined YWAM and I'm like I know the Lord said this I will do it I don't know why but I trust him and so to have a little bit of the plan has been amazing and then also um, I'm planning on going on a couple outreaches one here over like December January February and then another one in February and so because I work with YWAM, because I'm a missionary full-time, I don't make any money myself. I don't get paid. I actually have to pay to be on staff, and so I think uh, raise support, which is if you want to trust the Lord and grow in your trust of the Lord, do that, because uh, he'll show up. But um, I had to raise like $5,000, and the deadline was way sooner than normal because I got put on the team last minute and so I like sent out this email just kind of like hello this is what the Lord's been teaching me I need money please help I'm going on these mission trips I really want to go um, and I need it in like two weeks and the Lord complete like I feel silly for saying that I like worried for a couple days like how it was going to show up because it showed up within two weeks and I was, I like, I work in the finance office and I sat down in my chair when I saw like these checks arrive and I was like, what? I mean, like, who am I? Who am I to say that God can't show up? It was so cool and I cried and <laughs> it was great. But, so I'm so thankful for that. And I'm so thankful for you guys because it's you guys. It's the church. It's you're the ones who helped. You're the ones who said, okay, yeah, I'll give. And so I'm thankful for you. I'm thankful for this being my home. I'm glad to be back. That's it. Morning. Um, so I, uh, it's not easy to get up here and share your testimony, but um, God's been really working in my life a lot. Um, sorry. Um, when I was in middle school, I was introduced to some pretty bad things. Um, kind of destroyed the next 20 some years of my life. Um, I don't want to say destroyed, but um, didn't take me down the path that I needed to be on. Um, my wife and I got married 10 years ago, um, had a pretty rocky marriage. Uh, a couple years ago, we hit the ultimate bottom, and it was almost over for us. Um, through the help of a couple of good friends, Tony, Anthony, a couple others, um, started living for God depending on him, relying on him, and just changed my life. Um, I don't have that in my life anymore. That was 
20 plus years of damage that I don't have. Um, and God is more present in my life than he's the same, but I, I've noticed him a lot more. Um, when you start living for God and surrendering to him and depending on him, you really notice him. Um, when you think he's not there, he really is. And um, I'm kind of a living testimony of that. Um, finances have improved a lot. Um, our marriage has improved tremendously. Um, we got four beautiful kids. We just bought a house in November, two cars earlier this year. Um, thanks to a good friend, I've got an awesome job. And God has just provided so much in the last couple of years. Um, and I'm just so thankful for God, thankful for my family, my friends, everybody here. Um, and I just, I couldn't be more thankful for what I have this year. I'm more thankful this year than I ever have been. So I, I encourage you, if, if you're not living for God, um, just living with God, I, I encourage you to surrender everything to him. Just drop everything. Leave your finances up to God. Leave, you know, leave your life up to God. Let him lead you and direct you, and he's going to take you places you've never been before. Here's one from uh, Michelle, who's at home <clears throat> right now. She said, this has been an interesting week for our family. I've been dealing with COVID and the fallout of a positive test result. So I isolate in the bedroom from, from my family. Mark, my husband, has been caring for his mom who fell and hurt her shoulder. Truly, I've seen God provide in so many ways in the midst of all these things. I'm thankful in this moment for how he has used these challenges to build and grow relationships. My hubby has been loving on his mom in a special way, which I know means the world to her. And I hear my kids stepping up and working together to keep things running around here, which as mom means the world to me. God is reminding me that he is faithful. And the verse Genesis 50, uh, Genesis 50, 20 is a common one to play in my mind as I wait for my time in time out to be over. You intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. This was Joseph giving grace to his brothers, but I think it but I think of it as no matter what evil wants to do to discourage us with, that God intends to use it for good and for the saving of lives. I'm very grateful to know this and to have had the chance to experience hard things this week so I can see Genesis 50:20 being true for me and my family too. Thanks for sharing that at home, Michelle. We're praying for you. Hope you get better. Hey, Jenna, um, we've got one more um, uh, that we've got on the, on the docket here for us. And uh, she shared this morning, and man, I was so blessed by it. So, um, so this year has obviously been crazy for all of us. There's not one of us that the yuck hasn't touched. And that's, you know, on top of any other yuck we might have anyway. So, but the last couple months, God's really been opening my eyes to so many of the ways where he's been faithful, not just... Um, you know, because of even the yuck that's happening. And so uh, a couple ways, one of the specific ways is um, obviously when shutdown happened and the schools closed and I was sent to working home full time, um, I was, I know all of us were thinking, how are we going to do this? How is this going to work? Um, 
And really, it ended up being just this huge blessing for me and my kids. It was not just time that we wouldn't have had together, especially at the ages they're at, plus all being home together. Um, but we were able to have these amazing conversations about how, you know, their worries, their anxieties and fears and even anger, you know, and confusion, but just how God is still on the throne. And he always will be. He hasn't been dethroned and he never will be. And now we can trust him and he is faithful and he is with us. And even though it looks yucky and scary, he's walking with us through it. And so it's, we're going to be okay because we have him. And so it was also through those conversations that Sophia, my daughter, decided she wanted to be baptized this summer. And so who knows, you know, when, if that would have happened otherwise. So that was a huge uh, thank you to God for that. Um, and the second thing is actually the sidewalk project. Um, I live on a double corner lot in town here, and I have a ton of sidewalk. <laughs> and so when I got the letter from the city saying that I had to have a full sidewalk replacement, I cried. And I'm surprised I'm not crying now. I might start crying. I cried the first service. <laughs> so, um, but it, I, I just was so overwhelmed. I didn't know how I was going to do it because it's hard enough to get through a two-week pay period as it is, you know. And so... Um, I had a good friend encourage me, just keep praying and keep believing that God will make a way, that he'll provide for it to be taken care of. And so I did. Um, and I still, you know, I got quotes from a couple companies and like they were insane. And so I was still crying. And um, then it was a few days later that Riverview actually announced that, the sidewalk project. And, and I cried again. Uh, <laughs> lots of crying. Because it was just, even the prospect of that being a possibility was such a huge weight off. Um, and so it was, it was amazing to see also through it, um, just through Ron and Kay and then Michelle coordinating it. And then all the other people that God raised up who volunteered. They volunteered their time. They volunteered their skills. They volunteered equipment. And they just worked selflessly and tirelessly to be the hands and feet of Jesus to not just me, but to other people in the community as well. And it was, it ministered to me and my kids so much. And so now every single time we walk on our sidewalk and we go in and out and I just like, sometimes I do stare at it because it's just so pretty. Um, I'm just, I'm so thankful. And my kids are also reminded of how faithful God is. And so just, those are just a couple things. There are so many more that I could share, but um, just that even in the valleys, even in the darkness, even in the confusion and chaos, God is faithful and that's unchanging. And he, he is always with us and he is always making a way for us. Hey, guys, thanks for uh, sharing your testimonies uh, with us. Uh, as we talked about earlier, when you share what God's doing in your life, it encourages others um, who might be walking through things as well. So the infusion of hope that God gives you uh, it has the ability to infuse hope in others as well. Um, one of the things that I'm just incredibly uh, thankful for, and we'll end with this, and the team will come up and do uh, uh, some more worship music with us. Um, but one of the things I'm just incredibly thankful for is because this has been an incredibly interesting and wild year uh, in so many different ways. Um, it's been really hard to lead through, 
right? Just like you're trying to lead in your homes, um, we try to lead here at Riverview as well. And one of the things that I'm thankful for is our team of elders and our deacons and our staff that have been navigating all of this over the past eight, nine months, however long this has been going on. Um, and the way that we've been able to stay united in that. And, and when I say united, what, what I mean is it doesn't always mean that everybody always agrees, right? <laughs> that, we, that we all have the same opinion on, on everything as, as in our church. Um, there's, there's different opinions on COVID. There's different opinions on masks and not masks. There's different opinions on how, how seriously to take this, how not serious. There's just opinions all over the place. And so when I say united, that, that's, not, that's not to do away with those opinions. It's to say that even though everything's not uniform, that we can still be united. And our elder team has done a fantastic job of leading this year. And so I'm so thankful for our elders, our staff, and our deacons uh, this year. And I'm thankful, too, that God has kept RCC United. Um, this, is, this has been really hard for everybody to walk through and to navigate through. And it's not just this, it's everything that 2020 has been um, to, to figure out how to lead through. And as a body, we've been doing this together. And uh, we are under no impression that everybody agrees on every decision that we've made. Um, and we are no, under no impression that everybody agrees again, uh, with everybody who's sitting in these seats. But the way that God has kept RCC united in this time, again, not uniform, but united has been just a testimony of his good grace towards Riverview this year. And so I am thankful uh, for all of you, and I'm thankful for uh, the leadership here as well. So um, I want to pray, and then our team is going to come up, and uh, then we'll close out this morning. Father, thank you so much. Uh, I, I thank you that uh, no matter how difficult of a year this has been or how just amazing of a year this has been in so many different ways, um, that you continue to, as Jenna said, you, you make a way. Um, where there seems to be no way, where it seems impossible. Father, that's where you show up and do your best work is in the midst of the impossible. Um, your, your word tells us that you love to do immeasurably more than we could even ask or conceive. And so thank you for this year of taking what looks like a mess and making it masterpiece in our lives. Um, and that doesn't mean that we're through everything that we're working through, Lord, but we just know that um, we don't walk through life without hope. We walk through leaning into you, <laughs> um, uh, leaning with a limp, uh, that we need you. We need you. Uh, we, need to bear, uh, we need you to bear our weight. And so thank you for showing up in all the ways that you've shown up already in this past year and the ways that you're going to continue to show up in our lives. And so we, we wrestle through decisions and we wrestle through um, the tasks of life, but we know we wrestle through in your grace. And so thankful for that, God. And so as we spend Thanksgiving, uh, however we're going to spend it this year, Father, we're going to do that incredibly thankful that you're the same yesterday, today, and forever. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks, guys.